When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. Longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry.
of Casluchur and Gosainan Sunday morning service, led today by four of our lay worship leaders, Karen, Phil, Sheila and Anna. If this is your first time with us, we hope you will enjoy worshipping, praying and reflecting with us. Whether our physical doors are open or shut, church is still well and truly open. If you are in need of help or encouragement, there will always be someone you can talk to. Or if you would like to join one of our online meetings, you can find us through our website, stcath.org.uk, or find us on social media. Thank you, Sheila. This morning, I want us all to think about our hearts. To start with, spend in just a few moments thinking about what it looks like, about how well we look after it about whether we see it as vital to life, maybe how soft it is or how hard. How familiar with its physicality are we? Or its spirituality? Its cleansing properties, sending the bad stuff out and filling up with good stuff. It's an amazing part of us that we probably don't spend much time thinking about. We may spend time examining other parts of our bodies for wear, tear and damage. We may even spend vast amounts of money on keeping parts of our body looking good but we may not spend quite as much effort on examining that part of us that is hidden away, pumping merrily along. You may be familiar with the popular BBC drama series Silent Witness. It offers a gruesome mixture of corpses and forensic science, all in the cause of justice, but it's the music that initially draws you in, the strangely haunting music, and just eight words of Latin sung by an alto voice. The music is from John Hall's Silencium Suite, and the words roughly translate to Silent witness, let the silence be called to witness from the spirit. So the silent witness of the series could be identified as the cadaver from the silent morgue. And so back to the heart. The human heart weighs less than a pound. It beats a hundred thousand times a day and over 2.5 billion times in the average lifetime. Your system of blood vessels is over 60,000 miles long, enough to go around the world more than twice. It is an amazing spectacle, without which your body would quickly cease to work. As such an important organ, the heart is a point of focus for any post-mortem. A coroner might report. The heart weighed 396 grams. The myocardium appeared to be normal. There was moderate to severe atheroma of the left anterior descending branch of the left coronary artery. The right main coronary artery appeared to be normal. The myocardium was normal. The heart valves were normal. It sounds, to all intents and purposes, that its owner took good care of it and its condition portrays that story for the newly deceased. In a post-mortem, the heart is thoroughly examined, weighed and measured. 
but it seems to me that the most important aspect of this examination is missing. There is no mention of its purity. Not even the finest pathologist can tell us much about that, and yet our spiritually active hearts are being looked at even as we gather this morning. Do we think about that as we go about our day? What does our heart say about us? When Jesus talks about our heart, he describes it not as a muscle to sustain life, but as the place where every innermost thought, attitude, belief and our very essence of being is cemented. It's where our story is etched over time, an image of who we become. It's where we find our peace and where we love, where our prayer comes from. Jesus also spoke of the heart as something rare and precious, a treasured gift, one thing we have to bring and something to take care of until we do.
1 Samuel chapter 16 The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointing stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then made Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. In 1 Samuel, we learn how he was disappointed by a whole string of men, David included, who on outward appearance seemed the perfect image of a king. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It is through the story of Samuel we find that God doesn't see things the way man sees things. People judge by outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart, at our faith, our trust, our demonstration of both, and at how we love. This is how we store up treasures in heaven. In Mark chapter 12, we learn of a widow's offering. The rich threw in large amounts of money, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, all she had. While others look at the outward appearance, Jesus saw her heart, not what she gave, but how she gave it. He saw her bounteous, sacrificial, overflowing heart. And then there was Mary, the mother of Jesus. All those years ago in Bethlehem, 
During those moments of sheer wonder and glory as shepherds, kings and angels celebrated, she quietly took all of the magnificence and held it deeply in her heart. A silent witness, preparing for the road ahead, preparing her heart for life as the mother of a saviour, one that would take her to the cross. Her story. We often hear people say they make decisions either with their head or their heart. It seems to me that the heart really must come first in our Christian decisions. The heart itself is surrounded by the same system of cells, proteins and transmitters that exist in the brain. So the heart can think. It's that feeling you just can't describe, transcending the physical, the indescribable life force that defies explanation. At the end of our earthly days, it will be all we have to give.
A reading from Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake... I am still with you. At the end of Psalm 139, David himself calls on God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Proverbs tells us that we are reflected in our heart as water reflects a face, and Paul tells the Corinthians to examine themselves, to test themselves. Perhaps this too was about the heart. Now let's imagine our hearts reflect in us. Imagine what God sees. I've tried to imagine mine. There may be some soft spots because I've cared. Inevitably some hardened areas where I've not. It may bleed in places where I've felt deep sadness for someone, but it will jump for joy at the same time in celebration. It's highly likely to be broken, sometimes gracefully. There will be scars. Life does that to us. There may be a trace of stitches where I was once so happy that it burst, or a little piece of wrapping from the times I gave it away. It will probably be fluffy from the times I wore it on my sleeve and may well have just a sliver of seaweed from times when it sank. When I end my days here on earth, will it be a heart of gold or of stone? Will I be light-hearted or come with a heavy heart? Has it always been in the right place? Has it loved enough? Did it let God in? When we face our Lord, our heart will tell our story. It will be our silent witness. It will reflect our service, our compassion, our sacrifice, our patience and every little thought, word or action. I know that it is not going to be easy, but I want to be as ready as I can be, to have a worthy heart, a treasure box to give, full of good things. So I am trying hard to write my story, hoping that when the time comes it will be full of gratitude, humility and love, bursting with joy and reflecting the goodness of God. I hope it will show that I haven't taken a single moment for granted, 
and that I have remained faithful no matter what the world has thrown at me. Now think about your heart again. I bet it feels even more precious now, even more worth taking care of. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to worship you in this way today. And we pray that you will be with us as we praise and glorify your holy name.
Thank you, God, for your love and goodness and for the abundance of blessings you bestow upon us every day, so many of which we take for granted and think nothing of. But in reality, without them, we would not have the life we have today. Lord, give us a pure heart, a heart of gold which is full of your love, and overflowing with that love, so that we may show it to everyone we meet in our daily lives. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and to carry on those good works that he did when he walked upon this earth. Father, we pray today for the world, a world facing so many troubles, and a world that needs you so much. Lord, we pray for those suffering from COVID-19 across the world and their families who are suffering with them. Give them your love and comfort, Lord, please, and watch over them always. And we pray, God, for us all, that you will keep us and protect us from COVID, help us stick to the rules of lockdown or other restrictions, and help us cope, Lord, with not seeing and hugging family and friends, especially children and grandchildren, that we all miss so much. Dear God, thank you for the doctors and nurses and all those who care for the sick. Give them strength and courage to carry on their work in these very difficult times. And we also ask that you guide all those scientists working so hard to find a solution to this dreadful disease. Lord, we know that you have the answer. Give them the humility and the courage to let you lead them to it. Lord, we also pray for those across the world who are hungry and thirsty, for whatever reason. You have provided enough for everyone, Father, yet there are still those who have nothing. Soften hearts, God, and let the world provide for those in need. Father, we pray for all world leaders who are making decisions that affect us all daily. Help them to govern with humility and love, to make the right decisions for the world, and bring peace and harmony, and make it a better place for all your people. We pray especially, Lord, for our own government, who are making difficult decisions to keep us all safe. Give them wisdom, Lord, and lead them. Father, we lift up before you the community of Gosainan and Lacha. There are so many people, Lord, who are lonely and fearful for the future. Give them courage, Father, and the peace which only you can bring into their lives. And help us, as a community of your church, show compassion and help those in need. Thank you, Lord, for Adrian, our vicar, and all those who work with him to further your kingdom here on earth. Bless the work they do in your name, Lord, and give them your spiritual guidance. And God, please be with the family of your church in St. Catherine's, in St. David's and St. Michael's, who haven't been able to meet to worship for so long. Bless them all, and watch over them, Lord. Father, we pray that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit, with love and joy, and open our hearts 
to let us be your light in this world. Lord, please hear our prayers, for we ask them in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
poem entitled Seasons of the Heart. It fluttered me into existence like a tiny sparrow's wing, keeping time to the breeze's rhythm at the first signs of spring, unseen except by the Creator in the deep, deep darkness within. My tiny heart began its journey into the life about to begin. Never an anxious thought or fear, just perfect, perfect peace, beating stronger every passing day, a lifeline that won't cease. Protected, provided for, my very being kept my heart ticking as I grew. Now heart, if you stop pumping, then my poor life is through. Carefree days of childhood enriched my open heart, free of envy or malice, no prejudice to impart. Now, heart, summer comes and maturity begins. Fears of loss of loved ones and insecurities creep in. First love that breaks you into slivers as fragile as glass. Innocence replaced with sorrow and gloom. You ache with memories past. Summer turns to autumn, heart, yet you still tick away. Sometimes you beat so loudly, my presence to betray. Has time hardened all your softness with unforgiveness's galore? Are you hard as iron, or soft as gentle snow? Are you broken, scarred, or ripped apart? Do I let you rule my head? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Give me one of flesh instead. A glassy lake reflects my face, but my heart reflects me too. My mask might slip from time to time, but you know me through and through. As autumn leaves desert the trees and winter furtively appears, you, heart, have worked relentlessly through all the passing years. Whether beaten, bruised or sanctified, whether aching or at rest, it's time to examine all you are, whether you pass God's test. You will be poured out in the mire, like welcome dew on the desert sand, purified by the refiner's fire, till fit for the Creator's hand. My heart should be a box of treasure, perceived by only you. Inside, just the things worthy of the one who makes things new. When we approach the end of your span, when we reach the end of the start, when we return to our Maker, remember, all we have left is our heart. As our service ends, let's look to the week ahead of us. Perhaps another uncertain week of new rules and regulations, new statistics and new frustrations. But we have a certain God, and with him we have hope. A God who sees us on the inside, not the outside, who sees a widow who gave everything she had, who knew what David would become before he was created. A God who is with you in the morning and the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing.
at a time when we need Jesus more than ever, let's not take a single thing for granted. He is for you. Amen. Children and their children and their children 
Children and their children and their children. They are saying.